We're back. Max Duggan is Captain America on Monday night. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We are back. It is national championship time. I am AJ here with my brother Tyler. What is popping, baby? It's go time. It's the most important episode of the year. We have an entire episode for one game. The most important game, the most exciting, what you all been waiting for. We have the national championship episode here. We are extra excited. We have tried to kind of hide the bias as best we could over the past uh, 20 episodes. Our dogs are in the national championship. We're going to try to kind of evaluate this uh, as unbiased as we can because we've got a really good matchup. And although there's a big point spread here, I think a lot of people are throwing some money on the TCU side. So we will get into that here in just a second. Before we do that, just want to remind you guys, um, thank you for listening. We appreciate um, every time that you press play on this podcast. Um, if you would, please just go ahead and follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. And like, rate, and as they say, smash that subscribe button. So we appreciate it. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk, baby. It, it's go time. Where do you want to start, man? Because we can go... Georgia offense versus TCU defense, TCU offense versus Georgia defense, the head coaching matchup. Um, there's just so many storylines surrounding this game that's going to be going down in L.A. Um, that is Monday night. Uh, you'll want to tune in by about 730 to uh, get all of the festivities. But, um, man, I can't wait for this matchup. Yeah, I want to start with how we got to this point in the season because this has okay. been such a – uh, amazing year for college football. So many uh, crazy things. Uh, great games to watch have been played. But let's start with how these two teams got here. Uh, on the Georgia side, you have the reigning national champions. They lose uh, uh, so many guys to the NFL. Everybody's 15. wondering, can't it, is it yeah. possible to reload after setting an NFL record for guys drafted? Yeah. Um. And and they go out. They uh, first game of the season, it's a big one. It's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta against a good Oregon team. Yep, They blow them out of the water. You know, got a lot of questions. Can Stetson Bennett be that guy? Is their offense going to be able to evolve with the way that college football is going this year? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, they go undefeated through the regular season. They get some key wins, you know, a, a really good win in Jacksonville against their rivals in Florida. Yeah, They get a uh, – even more incredible win against Tennessee. They have some hiccups where a little bit of a scare. We talk about the Missouri game. Sure. We didn't know uh, what, what exactly we had in Georgia at that point. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they, they go undefeated. They win the SEC East, and they make it to the SEC championship game yeah. where they where they face the LSU Tigers. Obviously, what they, do? They, they, what they, do? Really good sh- they have a really good showing in the SEC championship game. And they're able to come out there with a win, make it to the college football playoffs, which we talked about last episode. We're going to cut that off there because if you haven't listened to the last episode, just pause this and go listen real quick, and then you'll know how that went. Flip side of it, we got TCU. TCU is a team that nobody was really talking about coming into the season. You know, they were a a, uh, middle of the pack, you know, Big 12 team at best. Everyone's still talking about Oklahoma. Everyone's still talking about is Texas back? 
You know, that nobody's really looking a whole lot on TCU. And then, holy crap, we get the Max Duggan show. <laughs> we get Ken, we get Kendra Miller. We, yeah. we, we get these studs on offense. They go undefeated. They get, they have, albeit a lot more scares than Georgia did. You know, they were very much a second half team. They had, I think, five fourth quarter comebacks uh, or six fourth quarter comebacks in their season. They're able to win all those games. They make it to the Big 12 championship. Kansas State, another team in the Big 12 that had been playing outstanding football all year. They had beat Kansas State once already. It was a pretty close game. And then hiccup time, they lose to Kansas State. Now the big question is, is the college football playoff committee still going to allow them in? How much do they care about winning your conference title game? Mm -hmm. Turns out... They don't move a single spot. They stay at number three in the college football playoffs. Yeah. And then they, they they advance to that round where they play Michigan. Again, if you want to know how that game turned out, you already do because we're talking about them now. But go listen to our last episode. So that's where we start with all this. I don't know. I think for me it can be summed up in Georgia. To me, they just kind of played with their food a little bit this season. Like It seemed like there were games where they could have very easily – scored 50, 60 points and had the other team score, you know, 30 and uh, have it be, you know, a big explosive offensive showdown. But Kirby Smart knew that that wasn't the way to get his team to where it needs to be at this point. And uh, I think he's smart for doing that. But um, at times, I think we kind of saw them uh, play with their food a little bit, not necessarily just take the life out of teams when they could have this season. And then for TCU, like you said, it's just sort of the – True Cinderella story, honestly. Like, it sounds kind of cliche, but it's just time after time, uh, overcoming first-half deficits, having the most explosive offense really in college football this season uh, with Max Duggan, and you touched on uh, the backs, Miller. DeMarcado's been great for them all year. Quentin Johnston, uh, huge on the outside. We talked about him tons, but um, just really a true Cinderella, overcoming those deficits um, as they did all year. And... um, yeah, I mean, for the for the college football playoff, I think um, it really, like, to me, this proved, like, why are we going to 12 teams? Like, the argument before was you want to get more teams in because then it gives teams shots that uh, wouldn't necessarily have a shot before, before. But what did we see last season? We saw Cincinnati get an opportunity to play for a national championship game. What do we see this year? TCU, a smaller school that – many did not predict to be in this position are now getting to compete for a national championship. So it's like, why are we doing this? Like four is perfect. There's no need to go to 12. Sure. You might get a two lane over USC upset here and there, but two lanes not going to get itself in this, in this picture. I think TCU deserves to be where they are. Um, I think Ohio state deserved to be there. Michigan probably too. Um, the argument could be made for Alabama, but yeah, I just think four teams is perfect. I don't see the the need to move to 12, but um, yeah, historic seasons for both these teams. It's been uh, amazing to watch. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about what each of these teams does and does not have going into this game. We saw some key injuries in the playoffs. Uh, we saw some guys that were injured going into the playoffs that played in those games. Yeah. Uh, for for on the Georgia side, w- what does Georgia have going into this game, and what do what what are they potentially leaving behind in player personnel wise? 
Yeah, I think this Georgia team is honestly really banged up, and that makes me nervous because uh, this has been a team that has really kind of overcome injury all year, um, especially at the wide receiver position, um, at the edge rusher position. They were kind of thin to begin with, and uh, we've seen injuries accumulate. And uh, I think that they have the depth to overcome that versus like on the TCU side, they probably don't have the depth to overcome some injuries to their starters or their star guys. But um, I think more than likely, Lad McConkey is going to probably try to give it a go. Um, we saw him limping off after he scored the two-point conversion there um, in the semifinal game. I think he's going to try to give it a go. He's been a tough guy all year. I think he probably suits it up even if he's not 100%. Um, obviously, we saw A.D. Mitchell was full going back. I mean, he's just – he looks 100%. He's a difference maker for them. Uh, Warren McClendon, we saw him sparingly. I think – I think they feel good with what Mims has provided at the right tackle spot. So uh, you may see McClendon if they get in a pinch or they just want to give Mims a blow. But um, I think um, at this point, that's probably Mims spot to hold down. Um, Darnell Washington, obviously, is the big one. If you can get Darnell Washington, his six, seven, butt in there, even for a few plays, like, I think that can make a huge difference here, especially in the run game for Georgia. You don't need, necessarily need him to be involved in the passing game. But if you can get him in there in some of these uh, 12 personnel settings where it's, where it's him and Bowers on the field and they can, uh, you know, just get him out in front of somebody and get him leaning on corners and safeties that are just overly mismatched, uh, the poor guys. But um, I think that's where they could, even if he's on a pitch count, uh, he was in a boot, obviously, in the semifinal in the second half there. But uh, saw him walking around a little bit without the boot. Don't know how much that means, but if you can get a couple of, of plays out of him, I think that's huge. But um, on the TCU side, I don't, I'm sure they're also uh, equally as, as banged up, but obviously the most notable one is Kendra Miller, right? You know, we didn't see him for a majority of that uh, semifinal game against Michigan. So it'll be interesting to see. It seems uh, like the head coach, Sonny Dykes is optimistic that he'll play, but uh, optimistic doesn't necessarily make an impact. So we'll see. Yeah, that's notable. Kendra Miller is at a touchdown in every single one of TCU's games this season. So whether or not he's going to play is a big factor, even if TCU doesn't want to admit it. Uh, they do have Di Mercado as the backup running back. He's, he's a solid running back, but you know you, you can't discount having Kendra Miller on the field for, for something like this. Absolutely. No, I, I, I would have to agree. He's been one of their biggest playmakers all season. So um, let's start. I want to just kind of go both sides of the ball. Let's uh, let's do Georgia offense and TCU is playing defense. Like, what do you think the scenarios or um, I guess a better question is, what do you think like the key factors are when Georgia's on offense in this game? Because um, I've got a few. Let me hear what you think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said it a few times now. It's it's the ability that the Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator for Georgia, has brought to this team to play whatever kind of offensive game they need to in order to win. And that's based off what the defense has given them. It Too many times this year I've seen a lot of teams, and I'm not going to you know name teams, but there's a lot of them out there where they have their one style of offense, and that either works for them against the defense that they're playing or it doesn't. And that that can become an issue where, you know, something that I'm, I'm really fascinated with is what Todd Monken can do. And, you know, you can see, hey, if we need to run it down your throat, you know, 40 times a game and, and just lean on those big guys and just yeah. wear you out physically, yeah. they can do that. 
But then you see the Ohio State game. You see the Tennessee game where, you know, if Georgia needs to air this ball out, they have the capabilities of doing it. You know, it takes a little bit more. They're not quite as good at it, I believe. It takes a lot less mistakes. It, it takes, you know, more cohesiveness, better play calling. But they yeah. are very capable of doing that. But the thing that I think a lot of people are discounting here is TCU's defense. What I've seen from them in these past couple games, I think earns and warrants a lot of respect for that defense. They have been able to do some things against Michigan, against Kansas State that 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 honestly f- fans were looking for. I mean, yeah. they've they've come up big time. They've got some they've got some real studs on that defensive line that that can run with the best of them. I think TCU's defense has a little bit of question marks when you start getting into the linebackers and then the defensive backs there a little bit. You know, what are their capabilities against elite wide receivers? I think we're still kind of yet to find out just because I don't consider Michigan's receivers to be necessarily elite. Yeah. I don't I think I think there's there's one, maybe two guys on Georgia's sure. side that that are, and then yeah. the rest, the rest they're really good, but they're Very not necessarily capable. elite. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that's a big question mark for them. So I'm really interested to see those matchups. No, I like the point. I think uh, obviously you saw Michigan's wide receivers able to get behind that TCU secondary a few times in the uh, Verbo Fiesta Bowl. So I think that could potentially be something big here as a scenario for Georgia. If you're able to strike fast, if you're able to get that stable of running backs going between McIntosh and Edwards and Kendall Milton, they're all three running really hard right now and uh, just tons and tons of yards after contact. And uh, it seems like the holes are getting bigger as the season wears on too. So this Georgia offensive line kind of just starting to lean on people and um, exert their will, especially in the third and fourth quarter. But um, if the receivers for Georgia, we've seen Arian Smith do it. I mean, he got behind a corner a couple of times in the uh, playoff semifinal for Georgia. So if he can do that, if a healthy lad McConkie can get behind somebody, if A.D. Mitchell can get behind somebody, you have a scenario here where, you know, Georgia could jump out to a, a lead in the first half, and then you have, you know, <laughs> same thing we've seen time and time again, TCU having to kind of fight their way back in the second half to keep that game um, interesting. So um, I think for Georgia, it's got to be lean on them, you know, run the ball early and often. Um, especially in the second half, run the ball, even if you if it's a close game, don't get away from it. Um, and then, you know, take your shots like we've seen on play action. Um, Stetson's obviously got to be smart with the ball. Like you can't afford to have turnovers because we saw this TCU defense, they're opportunistic. You know, they bend a lot, but they don't necessarily break a ton. They had two pick sixes in uh, that semifinal matchup against J.J. McCarthy and the Michigan Wolverines. So they're opportunistic. You know, if you give them six points out of the gate or, you know, at any point, really, that's that's obviously going to hurt you. So um, can't do that. Can't turn the ball over. But I think if Georgia is able to take care of the ball, I think they have the advantage when it comes to Georgia's offense versus TCU's defense. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I like that you mentioned that because uh, that as far as, you know, running the ball, you know, Georgia has a big saying, keep chopping wood, uh, lean on the offensive line i i thought that in this college football playoff semifinal against ohio state i think they got away from that a little bit uh their first drive they didn't run the ball 
Um, and obviously yeah. they, they don't come up with a touchdown. They had an opportunity to, um, it, but they didn't do that. And then as the game progressed, they started running the ball a little bit more and they saw a lot of holes open up and they were really successful in that running game. So yeah. I'm really interested to see. I, for me, I thought in that playoff game, they got a little bit too cute and they wanted to play the same game that Ohio State was playing, even though that's not George's game to be playing. So I, I think it's really important that, you know, regardless of what TCU is doing, you still somewhat have to play your style of football and, yeah. and you know, wear these guys out. I think the big advantage here is 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 the depth. I, I think George's offense can go longer than TCU's defense just because sure. of the amount of depth that they have. Yeah. So if you can do that, why not use that personnel to actually absolutely just wear and tear on that defense that isn't getting many breaks because you got to have your best guys out there in the biggest game possible. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think um, obviously death is going to play a part, especially in the second half of this game. Um, you're If you're TCU, you hope that you just have enough um, to kind of you know, hang with Georgia and hopefully not have to come from behind like uh, we we thought might could be potentially happening here. But um, the thing is, there's still playmakers on the defensive side of the ball for TCU. Uh, their corner, uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, I think is the full name. Um, he's a nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, former TCU Horn Frog. So he's been able to make plays. The linebacker, D. Winters, has been able to make a few plays and be kind Hold of opportunistic. He got – he got exposed against Michigan. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But he got a little exposed, in my opinion. There's yeah. a lot, lot of penalties. He is yeah. good, but he's got to be disciplined. Yeah, very handsy. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, uh, you know, he, he's been one of the bright spots in that defense uh, this year. Like we said, we, we saw them play well against Texas defensively. We've seen other instances instances this season where when they've needed to step up defensively they were able to so um they do have playmakers on that side of the ball i guess was sort of the point i was trying to make but um on the other side you know you talk about tcu's offense versus georgia's defense i think that's where the spotlight of this game is probably going to be obviously talking about the strength or the at least the perceived strength of both teams um i think that uh, obviously Georgia's defense is Georgia's defense. We've seen them be um, maybe uh, a little less than expected at times this season, given what they've had to replace and all. I think uh, it's been incredible. But obviously the spotlight being on the TCU offense, Max Duggan, Heisman finalist, what they've been able to do, how explosive they've been, the most plays over 50 yards um, for any offense this season, just absolutely explosive putting up points all over the place so i think that's where the biggest focus for this game is gonna obviously come from um you know just kind of seeing what uh comes out of that matchup yeah i i think for tcu max duggan has to play his best game and he's played a lot of really good games so far that, that's not discounting how good he's been i just think this kind of game wa warrants that type of play and he's got to be on the money every time yeah. I think I think if Kendra Miller is able to play, that gives them a huge leap because what you don't want is you don't want to see TCU become one-dimensional here. You, you don't want TCU to be uh, such a spread offense to where yeah. you're, you're getting towards the air raid kind of, you know, you're, you're passing, you know, 80% of the time. You don't want to see that. I think what helps them a lot, regardless of – who they have a running back 
is Max Duggan's ability to run. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've said it before. We we had a playoff preview episode where I said Max Duggan, and this was a little bit of a joke, but I said he was kind of the Walmart good value brand of Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And I don't want to say that disrespectfully. I, I like Max Duggan. We've been a big, big fan of Max Duggan all year. It's hard yeah. to be a big fan when he's playing against our dogs, but we've been a big fan of him. And I think a lot of the reason is is that uh, he's, he's, he's a big-bodied, He's, he's a tough. big-bodied, yeah. physical, tough quarterback, and and he is not afraid to take that ball. And he's not necessarily sliding, you know, w- when the defenders get close to him. Either. Yeah, no, he looks I mean, for contact. He's yeah, the yards that, yeah, he's getting the yards that he needs to get that first down. So I think he's got to be able to be very, very successful at that. Yeah. You saw, you saw what Max uh, Duggan is America's guy. Right, Max Duggan saw, is America. You saw what I mean. You know, everybody in America is rooting for TCU, right? Like everybody other than the state of Georgia is rooting for TCU. Max Duggan wants to see a repeat. Max Duggan is Captain America on Monday night, right? But you see what CJ Stroud was able to do with his legs, and I, I, I don't think it's 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 very arguable that Max Duggan is the better you know running quarterback out of out of the two. So if CJ Stroud's able to have that much success, I think that Max Duggan needs to have that much success and he's very capable of doing so. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, that's the one thing that kind of makes me nervous, bro. Is like we've seen this Georgia defense get uh torched, obviously, in the last game through the through the air. Um, but that's CJ Stroud and that's his precision and his accuracy. I think what's gonna scare me about TCU is the fact that Duggan does have that running ability and you know if we're if we're going one-on-one and playing that press man that we love to play and the corners have constantly got their backs turned like you know is Duggan be able going to be able to escape the pocket or find running lanes you know to expose the Georgia defense on the ground I just think that's the part that makes me nervous I think we stopped the run game probably from the running backs for the most part even if Kendra Miller can go I think that this Georgia front seven has just shown time and time again that they're not going to give up a ton of rush yards. They're just not going to do it. Um, but quarterback is the one spot where they've at least allowed a couple of big plays, so that's what makes me nervous. Um, I think the matchup on the outside is actually better for Georgia in this game than it was against Ohio State. Like, I think this matchup reminds me of the Tennessee game where you see Georgia has, like, physical corners, right? Like, um, Keely Ringo and Kamari Lasseter – they're like big physical guys that like to bump you and like to run with you. Um, but if you're making a bunch of cuts and you're super shifty and fast, like Harrison was, like Egbuka was, I don't think that's a great matchup for those cats. But when you saw them go up against Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy for Tennessee, you know, one of uh, the receiver rooms that arguably stack up with Ohio State, those bigger receivers that were just, you know, body possession receivers, they matched up really well with them because I think that was a perfect fit. And I think that's the reason why I feel good about Ringo on the outside against Johnson because, trust me, Quentin Johnson can shake you. I mean, he runs a 4-4. The guy's quick. But he's known for being a bigger-bodied guy. He likes to go up and make those contested catches down the field. And I think I like Ringo in, like, just a straight sprint down the field on, like, a, a go ball on a nine route you know, just a straight sprint. I like that matchup better than I do with him trying to chase Harrison around the field like we saw, you know, in the semifinal. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. I think, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a talent gap between TCU wide receivers. And if you want to compare them to an Ohio State, I think they do match up a little bit better with Tennessee, which obviously you see a Georgia success story there. Yeah. Um, but, but, but one thing I'm looking for is what, what, how does TCU exploit those matchups as well? Is, is Georgia um, sticking Keely Ringo on him all day? Or is he going to get some opportunities against a Kamari Lasseter? You know, uh, I believe he's a redshirt freshman, sophomore, um, or you know, one of those other younger defensive backs where you yeah. know we 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 saw some issues with them. You know, with Ohio State, so yeah, you know, starts you really, the safety as a as a yeah. freshman. I I really think it also just kind of depends on what matchups you're giving him. I do. I completely agree with you on those go balls. I think Keely Ringo, I mean, he's the number one corner in the draft, you know, for a reason. He's He runs some receivers' routes better than their receivers do, and he yep. comes up with interceptions because of it. Um, but I, I also think that, that the big thing here is, I mean, it, it's not just one guy, right? That TCU has a, a really good tight end. Okay, that but that's what I was going to ask. Credit. That's what I was going to ask because, like, I feel like, Casual college football fans are kind of getting to know Quentin Johnson. He's obviously the leading receiver, but it's like, do you know who the second leading receiver on TCU's offense is? Yeah, he's pretty freaking good too. Uh, and 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 that's the thing, you know. It, you, like, you I, I don't think most people. I don't think most people do. You know, so it's like I don't know. I just I feel like the TCU doesn't necessarily have the weapons that Georgia has had to face um, when it came to. Even like LSU, I think LSU's receivers overall might be better than TCU's receivers. Obviously, Ohio State's receivers are better than them. Um, I think Tennessee's receivers are better than these TCU receivers. I just think that I think we match up well on the outside. As a whole, yes, absolutely. So so let, let's let's go somewhere else with this. We, we we got the tight ends, we got the running backs. Okay, we've we've already said Kendra Miller, darn good running back. Wiley I, I, Wiley, the tight end, I think uh, could potentially be a position right. where they might try to exploit. We saw Jamon Dumas Johnson, the middle linebacker for Georgia, get beat by an Ohio State running back. I think uh, Wiley, the tight end, he is big and physical. I think maybe, especially if they get down into the red zone, they'd love to uh, use uh, – obviously, they love to use Max's legs. But um, if they try to look for a passing option, I think Wiley might potentially be an option there. But, yeah. Right. That's one more thing, though. At, at, I mean, you say that, but at the same time, I mean – You've seen all the way back to to Roquan Smith, Nicobe Dean. Uh, after him, Georgia loves these linebackers that are sideline to sideline linebackers. Mm-hmm. I mean, these dudes are built for speed too. They're not just blitz the a gap, absolute brawlers. You know, flatten somebody out. Yeah. They, they can run with the best of them too. They, they these guys have speed. That's, wait a second. That's have, wait Georgia a second. Recruits have we said the name Jalen Carter yet? Have we done that? We're gonna to get to those matchups. <laughs> have we said have we said Jalen Carter yet? Have we mentioned that name? I th- here's the thing. And, dude is and a we're, dude is a game wrecker. He might be the number one we're pick gonna in spend, the draft. Dude is a game wrecker. We're gonna spend a little bit more time on this because I I think that this is the most intriguing matchup. I, I think it's TCU's offense versus Georgia's defense. That's the most intriguing matchup here. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but oh, yeah. for me, for me, that's what I want to see more than anything. And that's scary to say because offense scores points and scoring points wins games. But I think 
I think the, the linebackers, they match up well. I think uh, Kendra Miller, DeMarcado at running back, that those guys can also catch the ball out of the backfield, which you got to look for. So when you have receiving threats out of the backfield, you've got a running threat out of your quarterback. I think the linebackers probably are in for the toughest test out of all of them. Um, but yeah, let's get to the defensive line. So many studs there. Obviously, George is missing Nolan Smith. They haven't had him back since yeah. uh, they played uh, Florida in October, late October. But you got Jalen Carter. Do we see Chaz Chambliss? He went down in the playoffs. I, I believe he uh, is, is expected to play. He just tweaked a little something, and he should be back. Uh, yeah. A lot of other big guys. Nazir Stackhouse had a really big game in the college football playoffs. Robert Beal. How does yeah. how does TCU's offensive line, which obviously doesn't have the same five and four stars as George's, how do they stack up against a defensive line that Kirby Smart has really put an emphasis on in recruiting and player development these past couple years? Yeah, I think obviously the talent gap is there, but I, I actually have been kind of impressed with TCU's offensive line this season. They've done well to protect Max all season. I think um, they've given Duggan plenty of time to sit back there and find his receivers. Obviously, they've been opening up holes for Kendra Miller and Di Mercado. Um, those guys, you know, are getting yards after contact, but they're also getting plenty of holes opened up for him too. So I've actually been pretty impressed with their offensive line. Although the talent gap is there, you have potentially the number one pick in the NFL draft and Jalen Carter on the other side. I just think overall there's so much talent on that Georgia defense, and they are so deep. Like, I'm kind of worried about Max Duggan. <laughs> you know, like, we've seen this guy put his body on the line time and time again this season, and Michigan's really probably the only team that matches up physically to Georgia or is even in the same hemisphere, uh, but – I don't know. I'm just kind of worried if he if he has to really like put on a cape for this game like he has a couple of times this season and just has to will his team to victory with these first down runs like like dude bruises like a peach. I'm kind of worried about I'm kind of worried about Max Duggan in this game. <laughs> bruises like a peach. You got to love it. So let's get into it. I mean, we spent plenty of time talking about each offense, each defense, players uh, that aren't aren't going to be in this game. We've talked about how each team's gotten here. Yeah, what's the spread on this game? I mean, let's get to our picks. That's what this show's all about. Absolutely, Saturday six picks, baby. We like to uh, give you some uh, picks against the spread, and we will do it one more time for the 2022 season uh, before we come back and recap it all and uh, get ready for next season. So, number one, Georgia. The undefeated SEC champs, they're coming into this game at 14-0. and 0. They are facing Reigning national champion. You're reigning national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, they're coming into this game undefeated, and they will face off against the third-ranked TCU Horned Frogs. They are 13-1, Big 12 runner-ups. And right now on DraftKings, if you are looking for a spread in this game, sitting currently at Georgia minus 12 and a half. So you got to pick the dogs to win this game by 13 points. One of the largest point spreads in college football playoff history. And uh, like I said, going down Monday, January 9th, if you want to tune in uh, to ESPN around 730. 78% of bets are coming in for TCU right now. The line opened at minus 13 for Georgia. So you've seen it move about a half a point or so. Over under currently at 63. 
84% of bets coming in on the under. What do you think, my guy? Georgia TCU, what do you think, man? You got to roll with our dogs, right? But do they cover that? Dude, that's the thing. This is a huge spread, and I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect TCU here. They have done it time and time again and proved all the doubters wrong. They've got the offense to score points. Do they have the defense? I don't know. I think Thanks. TCU covers this. I like Georgia, may, maybe minus six and a half. I'll take Georgia by a touchdown. But when you're getting over a touchdown, the, the, there's some room for pause for me. I'm going to take TCU to cover the spread. I got my dogs winning. Back-to-back national champions. Hasn't been done since Alabama. Go dogs. Yeah. Go dogs. No, I love it, man. Uh, so you got TCU covering the 12 and a half. Georgia winning. Um, do you want to just throw out a spread or, a, a, excuse me, a, a score prediction? Do you want to just throw out a score prediction? Uh, Clo- Closer yeah, than 13, I'll go, uh, but Georgia winning. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, 42 to 35. 42 to 35. So you're taking the over. I think it's high scoring. I, I think it's high scoring. I think it, it very much. Both of these offenses have the capabilities to score in the 30s and 40s. I, I think so. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm feeling Georgia in this one, but I'm feeling a little bit lower scoring on the TCU side. I think this Georgia defense is here to make a statement, maybe. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I think they cover. I'm taking my dogs I to cover it. 12 and a half. I like Georgia to I love it close to 40 and hold TCU close to 20. I think wow. I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna go Georgia 38, TCU 23. The dogs take home back-to-back national championships and cover the spread, baby. I freaking love it. Absolutely. And, and guys, the, obviously, we, we, we've set aside our bias as best we can this episode. When it comes to our picks, though, it, it is what it is. We're big dogs fans. Yeah. Uh, so you're just going to have to roll with our picks here. Um, hey, hey, you're you're getting the, you're getting the underdog uh, logo in your graphic, so – you know, you, you don't even have you don't even have that dog logo next to your uh, next to your fat head in the graphic for this episode. <laughs> I'm gonna wear enough dog logos on Monday that that it'll counterbalance itself a little bit. Like but guys, th- this has been an incredible season. I'm glad for all of you that have stuck with us uh, throughout. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the episodes, for liking, subscribing, following us on Instagram at Saturday Six Pod. It's meant a whole lot to us. Uh, but it's not over. Obviously, we're going to recap this national championship game yep. no matter how it comes. It might oh, be yeah. a little somber. It might be full of excitement for us, but we're going to recap it. And we have a lot more to come over the offseason. We've already all got the, all the all the, non, uh, all the non-UGA fans are just really hoping we lose this game so we have to come back and talk about how we <laughs> lost this freaking game to TCU. But Right. And we got a ton of things in the works for the offseason season. Uh, spring ball coaching carousel uh, transfer portal recruiting classes um, so much more to stay tuned for we hope you enjoy this episode Uh, wherever you're watching the national championship uh, just give us a little go dogs for the saturday six pod yeah (laughs) this is another episode of the saturday six podcast deuces it's a great time to pull a hammy